if your developer doesn't talk to you about this, they don't have your best interests at heart because copywriting and doing the text for your website, it's, a, it's an industry in its own and there's a real skill to it. It's not just you copying and pasting out of a Word document that you wrote 10 years ago. People don't read websites like they read books or newspapers. People have been taught to scan and they look for bullet points, they look for bold text and they look for headings and then when they reach the area that they're interested in, that's when they'll stop and read. Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp, and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, legends. Pumped to have you joining me for this episode of Marketing Builder and also, once again, for round two, Roddy Boyd, director at 23 Creative, a Canberra-based web development company that is all about high-quality web design and website development. As I mentioned last episode, this is the second part of my chat with Roddy on all things websites. Web design and web development's a big subject, and while you know I love to try and keep these episodes to around about the 15 to 20-minute mark, that was impossible for this subject and as I've said I've split this chat up with Roddy over two episodes so if you haven't already make sure you head back to episode 25 and listen to the first part of my chat with Roddy now I invited Roddy on the show because pretty much every business has a website but not every business has a great website and websites can sometimes be a bit of a mystery for businesses sure you know you need one and and you know what a good one looks like but you don't know how to take ownership of that site and really bring it to life and make it happen so that it supports your business well. Most of you have and will use a web developer to build your site, but so often it can be a frustrating process because it might be taking too long, it's not exactly what you wanted, you don't know how it all works, you don't have control and access to the back end of the website, or it's just not helping and supporting your business like you thought it would. Now, growing up, Roddy was the sort of kid that took everything apart to see how it worked, and most of the time, he could put it back together. And that's something he still applies in his job today, although he reliably informs me that he can now put things back together the majority of the time. As the owner and director of 23 Creative, he's had to wear many hats throughout the business's growth and he understands what it's like to start something from scratch. As such, he really enjoys hearing about people's stories and their vision for their business. Roddy knows that building a website isn't enough and that you need to make sure it has clear and concise calls to action and that it's really easy for your target audience to use and to navigate. In the first part of my chat with Roddy, we covered off planning websites, target audiences, calls to action, content management systems, how to pick the right developer and those questions to ask, structuring a website, how much they cost, the content that goes into a website and a few war stories just to make it really interesting. But in this episode, we're going to hear about the importance of website speed, website usability, website compatibility, search engine optimization, hosting, backing up your website, what we need to do when a site goes live, customer relationship management systems, CRMs, and how search engine marketing flows into your website, and also why your website is the linchpin of your marketing. We pick the conversation back up after I just asked Roddy about what speed means when we talk about websites and why it's important. So that's going to come back to your content management system. And I'm just going to stay on WordPress because we talked about WordPress this whole way through. 
what people don't know, well, what I find a lot of clients who come to see me, they don't know the difference between a print quality image and a web quality quality image. So your print quality images, you send to the printer, they print it on a big billboard and it doesn't look all pixelated and have dots all through it. But if you use that same photo on your website, that could be a seven meg image. And if you put it on your website, that means your website, people have to download seven megs of information before your website displays anything. So a good content management system should know that you're going to do this. Well, a good developer, sorry, not a content management system, should expect a client not to know these differences and then set up the system so that when they upload the 7 meg image, it downsizes it and then outputs to the smallest possible size. Because it doesn't need to be a high-res, lots of pixels image because your computer screen doesn't actually show it at that resolution, yeah, does it? No, that's right. Um, and people don't need a 7 meg image on their computer screen because even if so let's if we really wanted to get technical about this here we go settle in <laughs> your hd screen is 1920 by 1080 an image that's 1920 by 1080 should only come into about 250 to 300 kilobytes and we're talking seven meg images so that means it is 14 size 14 times bigger than it needs to be to display on a hd screen I gave an example. This is years ago now. I was trying to explain to a student at a college I worked at. They were putting images into a PowerPoint presentation. It's the same thing here, right? They were copying these images from outside PowerPoint and dropping them in directly. And they were dragging them and making them smaller in the PowerPoint. But then they couldn't figure out why the PowerPoint was still like, you know, a million gig or whatever stupid number it was. And I tried to explain explain to them that it's like if you have an A3 piece of paper and that's your photo that you want to put on your website, just because you fold it in half and fold it in half and fold it in half again and it's much smaller, there's still the same amount of paper in there. Yeah, exactly right. And that's a really good way to explain it. Thank you. I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that's where and speed comes into it. So if you're on your phone and you're on a 4G connection and you've got a 7 meg image on that phone before it even loads, it'll take you like four seconds for the page to display anything. So, and if that's the case, people are going to get annoyed and then go, well, this is too hard, I'm leaving. But also, and, and I'm going to ask about SEO later on, but it also impacts on Google ranking your website because they can tell that it's slow and they don't want to give people bad experiences. Exactly right. So Google makes money by sending you to the most relevant bit of content that you search for. And that's their business model. But if your website takes six seconds to load, they're not going to send you that way because you're going to get the shits with them and you're going to go, well, I don't want to go this website. I'll go back and I'll go to number two. Google knows that. Google's smart enough to know that an average page load should be less than two meg. And if your website's got a seven meg image on it, it's going to go, well, this is too big. And you're competing against someone who has similar or same content. They're going to put you underneath that person. I also mentioned compatibility. That sounds super nerdy, more nerdy than some of the other stuff that we've spoken about. What does compatibility mean and why is it important? Surely when you build a website, it's just on the internet and it just works. It, it, it can. and that's It should. <laughs> yeah, it should. So if you get the right developer, it should. Um, so when we talk about compatibility, you talk about all the different types of devices that people are going to view your website on and then all the different types of software they're going to view that website on. So you've got... Um, PCs with Windows computers, and then you've got your Macs that have, you know, they come with Safari built in. Chrome, everyone uses Chrome. Chrome, and there's a reason for that because Chrome's a really good browser. It's obviously a Google product. Um, or you can use Firefox. So, or, or, And sometimes an organization will dictate the browser people have to use, for example, at work. Yeah, exactly right. So I've got a, had a client years and years ago, and this is 
probably showing my age a bit, but they had one of their biggest clients was Department of Defense. Department of Defense at the time was running all their computers on Windows XP, and they and we could tell that they were using Internet Explorer six and seven, which if anyone is a developer knows how horrendous Internet Explorer six was. But we had to build their website to be compatible on that because we knew the client was viewing their website in that software. So then again, it comes back to your research stage and your persona stage. Who is this person? What are they viewing the system on? There's no point in us building it in the latest version of Chrome because when they fire it up, it's going to look horrendous and everything is going to look poorly made and text is going to be everywhere and colors aren't going to be right. Often when I'm talking to businesses, usually when I'm chatting about a business's existing website and often when they maybe they've neglected it for a few years so they put a website up and they've just left it and and didn't really need much um, attention but hosting has become an issue for whatever reason and I ask questions like well who hosts your website and often they have no idea it was done years ago and Mary's left or Bob knows but he's overseas or whatever it is they just see their website live on the internet and life is okay so to speak and hosting it is actually a really important aspect of your website and it doesn't always get hosted by the person that develops your website, does it? No. So tell us what hosting is. So hosting is, if you think of it at its most basic term, it is a computer in a data center that has your website on it. And the reason you need it in a data center is because they have 24-7 availability, they have a really good internet connection, and then they can serve lots of information really, really quickly. Um, you can host it yourself. You can... But it has to live somewhere. It doesn't just live nowhere. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, it has to live in this server that's in the data center. Um, you can get it to live on your computer in your office, but your computer has to be on all the time. You have to have a good internet connection to your house. Um, you probably can't you know, be able to serve 10, 15 people looking at your home internet connection. And look, long story short is it's... Don't host it at yeah, home. Yeah, don't host it at home. <laughs> don't go down that path. It's a pain. It is really, really painful. So, um, yeah, so then I would say majority of um, web developers will not host your website themselves. And the, the reason for that is it, it's a nightmare to do. Um, what a lot of developers will do will either give it to a third party or have a wholesale account with, or I guess a third party as well. Um, the reason you want to have good hosting is when shit hits the fan, you need to be able to get in touch with your host quickly. And what, is, what does shit hitting the fan look like? So I mean, when a client rings you and the shit has hit the fan, what does it look like? It's your website's down when you're on click frenzy and you're going to make 60% of your sales that weekend. It is you've had a um, bit of advertising come through and you've been shown in the TV and radio and you get a lot of people come to your website and it's then returning an error because it thinks it's getting a DDoS attack. A DDoS um, attack is a denial uh, of service. Denial of service. Yeah. So that listeners, I'm helping Roddy out here. Yeah. I'm doing your job. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's just when so much volume of people are going to your website that the hosting is just not able to to handle it. Think about it. We're in COVID nineteen. It's like a thousand people turning up to your restaurant, can't handle it, have to close down. We're too busy. We've run out of pizzas. Yep. Yeah, and that's and so then. As we go back, shit, it's a fan. If you're making 60% of your sales that weekend and your website goes down and you can't get in touch with your hosting provider, what do you do? There's nothing you can do about it. It's- and sometimes websites get hacked. It's not totally avoidable, but we need to be able to recover them easily, right? And that's right. And you should have a good backup system in place. Um, there's a lot of hosting providers will, and this is not what a lot of people know about, but a lot of hosting providers will have a seven-day rolling backup. And that means you the oldest backup they have is seven days old. And a lot of the time when your website's hacked, you don't know about it for 
two, three, four weeks. And then if you roll back to the oldest backup they have, it's only seven days old. It's still got the hack in it. You're not getting rid of the problem. No, that's right. So you need to have a system in place to then create backups and make sure those backups are there. Um, and there's lots of systems out there that do that. A good developer should be able to tell you about those systems. While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show. Let's say we've made all the good choices that you've educated us on so far. We've got the right CMS. We've found an amazing developer. Uh, the site has great usability and, and compatibility and speed, and we've developed it around our specific personas, grandma searching for pink unicorns on her mobile phone. Does a new snazzy website mean that we can just brush the dirt off our hands and all the business is coming in? It's cool. No, nah, it's the first step. It's the first step in many. It's that old saying, if you build it, they will come. That's not not with a website. If you you think about it, how many people you know have built a new website and then told you about it? You don't go out and then tell everyone, hey, such and such has just got a new website. You should go check it out. You need to have a plan in place to attract people to your website. And if you've done Marketing Builder, you'd have all that in place and you'd have all of the structure that you need to do to I make like that, that happen. I like that little plug. That was good. Well done. <laughs> no worries, mate. You can pay me after this for that one. Um, so, yeah, so that's where you go. You've got your website. I find usually the website is a linchpin in a lot of other marketing activities. So it could be you, you know, getting all your ducks in a row. You've got your website, so now you've got to set up your marketing system. And it might be a third party like MailChimp or Campaign Track or whoever. Um, and then start building your content around that. And you might be showing the blogs from your website. Um, but you need to start engaging with people and letting them know that you've got a, a new website. Well, you start to make a good point because, of course, a website is just one part of your marketing. You call it a linchpin. I, I quite often talk about it as the hub and all the other things are the spokes, but it all comes back to the hub because that's the one big piece of your marketing you have like amazing control over. And so we drag people and, and attract people in and then we send out communications out of it. And, and clearly, it's a super important one, but it doesn't operate in a silo and it's not self-fueling if you aren't doing other things it probably won't work that hard for you it's kind of like buying a car and not putting petrol in it or not servicing it and then wondering why it doesn't work right so clearly putting up a website and just hoping that lots of business comes in is not a great strategy and this is where our worlds really do start to cross over and we're often working together with clients on this stuff and that's things around SEM, so search engine marketing. And we recently heard from Aaron Wild from Reach Local about some search engine marketing in Google Ads. And there's also SEO, search engine optimization, all the little things that you can do to your website to make Google go, 
that's a great website. Let's give it to people on that first page of results. And also, you, you mentioned MailChimp and, and Campaign Track, and there's lots of others, those CRMs, those customer relationship management systems. I'm interested to hear from a developer's perspective, not a marketer's perspective like mine, how do you see those working on a website and why are they important? So I'll go back to, you said Aaron's been on here. Did he talk about PPC? And Yes. Yeah, okay, sweet. So if your SEO is right on your website, pay-per-click, relates to Google's marketing is how much you pay for someone to click on your ad in Google. If your SEO is set up properly and your campaign set up well in, in AdWords, your PPC will be much lower than what it is if you haven't done it. So straight off the bat, if you're going to do search engine marketing, if your SEO is done well, your, your spend for your advertising, you'll get much more out of it because it'll be cheaper in the long run. And your SEO, your SEO has to be well, if you're, okay, let's say if you've got a new website and you started from scratch and you don't have anybody that's ever been to it before and you need people coming to your website and that's part of your marketing, you need to kick it off with SEM because nobody knows about it and you can have a launch party and you can invite people to it and you can tell friends and family, but they're going to Do help. people still have launch parties for their website? Not anymore. No, they were the good old <laughs> yeah, days. Well, it's got to be, what, four square meters yeah. and you know, socially distanced. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, so I'd say you need your SEM. You should always be kicking it off with an SEM. And if you don't have the budget for you, you should not be expecting huge amounts of traffic. And while you're working on your SEM, you should be paying for your SEO. And there's a lot of companies out there that do SEO that promise you the world and don't deliver mm. on it. We hear it all the time, don't yeah. we? Oh, I, yeah. I've got mates who, like good friends of mine that I played footy with for five, six years who are now a real estate agent in Noosa and the poor bloke paid three and a half grand to get his guaranteed, you know, first page of Google. And, and let me guess, didn't and now can't get hold of the got people. Got nothing out of yeah. it, yeah. So yeah, it happens to everyone. And if it does happen to you, it happens to the best of people. You know, it's just chalk it up as a learning experience. Mm. Um, so then you should be, so what I'm saying is you should be working on your SEO and your SEO should be ramping up. Usually it takes about six to nine months for your SEO to get going. It's a long game. Yeah, it right? is. So that's where you should have your SEM at the start to do your marketing to attract people to your website. So, so just to bring that point together, what Roddy's saying there is the search engine optimization is is optimizing your website with all the little signals and things that Google wants to see so that they serve up your website on that front page of results underneath the ads that Aaron's been on the show speaking about. But the thing that people have to remember is there's lots of other businesses. There's lots of other Gold Coast real estate agents that are trying to do the same thing. So Google wants it to see it being done well and wants to see it being done over a long period of time so that you're positioned as a good option for people. But that is a long game. It can take six, nine, sometimes longer, and it'll generally be something that you have to continually keep doing and, and, and updating. Some of it's very technical. Some of it's just about writing content that has lots of the keywords uh, in it and, and publishing blogs and other content on your website. But search engine marketing is more about that immediate need from somebody. So think about that as relationship building versus advertising. So SEO is more about that long-term positioning as an authority, but the search engine marketing stuff is, there's an ad, I need money tomorrow. Yep, exactly right. And then following up from those two, once you've got those two better down and you're happy with it, then you've got your CRM. And we've got a lot of acronyms here. So CRM is a client relationship management system. A database. Database. It could be as simple as a spreadsheet. But if someone fills out your form, 
you need you want that information to go somewhere so you know you can track that person and get in touch with them and know who's a good lead, who's a bad lead, what was our interaction with those people. Um, and I'm terrible at this myself because I'm flat out. I'm, I'm a lizard drinking. I can't get anything done right. And I get um, inquiries in and I'll just go, I'll, I'll get back to that person in a second. And it just sits in my email inbox and I've got 300 other emails in there and it gets lost and I never do anything. So I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that. I know but I'm working to get a CRM in place because I know that that's a problem. Um, so I get people leads from my website, they go into the CRM, and then the CRM harasses me until I get in touch with it. I'll help you out here. I'll save you a little bit. You're a great developer. You're busy. You're in demand. But if you're a business that has spent a lot of time and effort and energy in getting your website right, and then you're spending a lot of time and energy attracting people through it, whether it's through search engine optimization or search engine marketing, because you need the work and you need the money, and those are important channels in your marketing, you can't let do all that work and let it flow into the business and then not actually manage it properly. You're a little bit different because you are busy and you're doing lots of work. It's not like you're sitting around doing nothing for half the week, are you? No? No, no I good. wish I was. <laughs> but if you're a business that's doing those things because you need the business, then you've got to treat that information properly, those customers properly when they come in. Treat them like gold. Have an automatic campaign set up. So if they fill out your form, they go into some type of mailing system that says, thanks for getting in touch. We appreciate you getting in touch with us. Here is some really cool information that we have on our website that might be suitable for you. And if you can, set up to automate to send another one in a week's time. Go, thank you very much for getting in touch. Here is some other information we think is really good. And then you might have a third one that just says, you know, you, you do that nurturing and then you go, well, do you mind if we set up a meeting to have a chat about why you got in touch with us? And you might leave it at that after that. I don't know, but you got to treat them like gold. Excellent. And hundred percent agree. And, and a lot of those things that you've spoken about, about getting people into a database and then maybe having some automation, other guests on the show have spoken about as well. So we're all on the same page there. Roddy, if people want to get in contact with you, find out more about what you do, how you can help them. What can they do? Where can they go if they want to get in contact with you? Feel free to send me an email. Um, it's Roddy, R-O-D-D-Y at 23creative.com.au. Um, or if you really want to just call me in the office, um, 02610900006. Very good. Roddy Boyd from 23 Creative, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise and your war stories around developing websites. Cool. Thank you very much for having me. As I've mentioned a few times, there is so much more we could have covered off with Roddy on websites, and maybe one day I'll get Roddy back on the show to give us even more great advice. So thanks again to Roddy for coming on the show. But in the meantime, if you'd like to connect with Roddy and discuss how he can help your business, head to 23creative.com.au. That's in numerals two and three, and then creative.com.au. Or find him on LinkedIn. Just search for Roddy, R-O-D-D-Y, Boyd, B-O-Y-D. That's a wrap for episode 26. I've been your host, Daniel Lois, and it's been amazing having you listen to the show, and I trust you got lots out of hearing from Roddy and all his great advice about websites. Loved this episode? Good. Make sure you don't miss the next one, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. I'd also love to hear from you on what marketing you're crushing, or maybe you're finding it tough at the moment, you're stuck on something, you want to talk something through, you've got a question, maybe you want to brag about some great marketing that you've executed. Please connect with me on LinkedIn, just search for Daniel Oyston, that's O-Y-S-T-O-N, or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, just search for Marketing Builder, or the handle MKT. BLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder.
hosted and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy-to-use, step-by-step card-sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.